0: take the time to thank Pastor Jordan, his beautiful wife, and this great church for having me tonight. I also want to thank Pastor Daryl Cooper and his lovely wife for driving me here. God sent me to you on purpose. There were many things that transpired before I arrived. I was flying in from Alexandria to Houston, and then on into Indiana. Our plane hit turbulence. And the plane began to shake as if it was going to fall out of the sky. I stood up and I sat up in my seat and I began to call on the name of Jesus and call, on God and ask him to dispatch angels. I should have known that something was on the horizon. Satan only fights what he fears. I have arrived here and Pastor Cooper can tell you We have been doing some battling, but we have battled through, we have a breakthrough, and now I am here for you. I don't know about you, but I've heard it over and over again. Folk are tired of going to church one way and leaving the same way that they have come. They are ready for a radical change from God. They are ready for power and demonstration. When the Apostle Paul went to Mars Hill, he had a whole lot of beautiful words to say. But not one person was converted there so he established within himself when he got to Corinthians, the Corinth church. He said, I have not come here with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I have come here with power and demonstration, and you're going to know that there is a To give the devil a black eye tonight. For I have come to deliver a blow to Satan that it's going to take him a while to get up from. There are some hurting people in this church. There are some weary people in this church. There are some people that have been disturbed in this sanctuary tonight and the Lord has stepped in to do a work for you. You tried everything else. You turned to everything else. Now God is here to step in. This is my sixth week in revival. Two weeks in Alabama. Two weeks in Louisiana. One week in Ohio. And now I'm here. But I've come here with a word from the Lord. I was seated in my hotel room just talking to the Lord about this service. And just as sure as I am standing here, I saw the word change. There is a change coming to this place tonight. I really don't know the change that you're looking for, but the change is here tonight if you want it. the Holy Ghost already told me don't go there preaching to them folk, go there and minister. So I won't teach you some little Bible study and let you go home. It was the late TF Tenney, many of you may know him, two weeks before he died, Pastor Jordan you probably don't know this if you have not been following me online, I've spoken of this before he beckoned for me to come to him at the Pentecostals of Alexandria. And I had begun a prayer meeting in my home that has been going on now 1,500 and about 27 days. You may say to yourself, what is the significance of prayer? God. Prayer moves God's hand. And God's hands moves the world. If a man can pray, he can do anything. If women pray, they can do anything. When children pray, boys and girls, they can do anything. Thing of eternal significance happens apart from prayer. God has chosen prayer. Prayer is heaven's currency, and it can buy anything that heaven has. Prayer is powerful. Ian Bound said men are looking for methods. but God is looking for men. Man is God's method through the power of prayer. Think about it. It's not hard to pray. All prayer is is talking to God. And when we begin to talk to God, the windows of heaven open. If my people, which are called by my name, Second Chronicles 7 and 14, will humble themselves and pray, I'll hear you from heaven, and then I'll start sending the things down to you that you need. Bishop T.F. Tenney called me to him, and he said these words to me, that what is is going on in your home is not some small flicker, but it is a mighty flame, and it is going around the world. I started that prayer meeting, Memorial Day 2017, and I have found myself on more platforms than I could ever imagine. That flame began to flow and go, and I'm telling you, it is illuminating this world. And it found its way to you. I don't plan to leave you the same way that I have come. I am a licensed professional counselor in the city of Alexandria, Louisiana. And I'm well acquainted with the serenity prayer. God, help me to accept the things that I cannot change. But I did not come here to accept the things that I cannot change. I've come here to change the things that I will not accept. I will not accept my family being lost. I will not accept my church not in revival. Of God To draw a line in the sand and dare Satan across it. You say you speak boldly. The righteous are bold as a lion. Have you not heard? Have you not read? In the gospel of Luke, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. What are you afraid of? Behold, I give unto you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing. I'm waiting for you to catch up to that. He's been running some of us in this room long enough that's his last run on you. David did not wait till Goliath started approaching him, but he began to run toward Goliath in the name of the Lord. Satan have been trying to make you afraid, but Satan trembles when he sees God's weakest saint on their knees. You have more power in your pinky finger than all of hell combined. Us and said God isn't going to move for you. He had said to us the days of miracles, signs, and wonders are over. But I've come to tell you tonight, and I brought some things along to the way to show you that God is alive and well. He shandu, Karia Shatur Rabbi, Kosia Narabai, Akotariandal Lolo Bosian de Locasia Tai, Ayander Lolo Bosia Tarabesita Rababe, Ayander Abosian de Lokian day, A de Rabbi, Ayander Hashata. Revival is breaking out right now. I feel it. I hear it. I hear the sound. There is a sound of an abundance of rain in the atmosphere. Pastor, you heard from God. And for your words I have come. There is something out of heaven that has descended into this tabernacle. And all we have to do is open ourselves up to him. The heavens are open to you. Just open yourselves up to him. For some of you, it is an introduction. So let me explain to you what is happening here that gave you the breath in your body, that's what you are feeling and experiencing. The same God that gave you the seeing in your eyes, the hearing in your ears, that is the God that you are experiencing now. The one that lays you down to sleep at night and wakes you up in the morning, that is the God that you are experiencing and you have nothing to be afraid of because he loves you. For God so loved the world, John three sixteen. He g- gave his only begotten son. He was crucified for you. Don't be afraid of him. He was pierced for you. Don't be afraid of him. He loves you. In the Old Testament, when Moses was on the mountain, In the book of Exodus, he told Moses to erect a tabernacle. In the tabernacle, there was one gate. They entered that gate, and they stepped into what they called the outer court. In the outer court, there was the brazen altar. The brazen altar was the biggest piece of furniture in the tabernacle. As a matter of fact, all the pieces of furniture could fit on the inside of the altar the place of sacrifice. Everything in our lives hinges off of the altar. Every man and woman of God must have an altar because everything will hinge off of the altar. Sometimes when my life is not where it needs to be, I have to find my way back to the altar. From the altar, there was the laver of water where the priests would wash with the sacrifice off of their hands. Then they had five posts, and that finished the outer court. Then they stepped to a, into a place called the holy place. In the holy place, there were three pieces of furniture. You had the table of showbread, you had the altar of incense, and then you had the lampstand. But between the holy place and the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant, the Shekinah glory of God dwell, there was a veil. And only one time a year could the high priest alone go behind the veil. But when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, the Bible says the veil was rent from the top to the bottom. Now anyone can go behind the veil. A prostitute can go behind the veil. A drug addict can go behind the veil. A common man can go behind the veil. Whosoever will can go behind the veil and encounter the Shekinah glory of God. They could get shut in with the glory, shut in with his anointing and power. Every single time we go behind the veil, Christ becomes unveiled. And now he's going to start telling you his secrets. He's going to tell you what he wants. He's going to tell you what belongs to your peace. So I've come just to tell you what belongs to your peace. I'm looking into the faces of people that are ready for this radical change. I'm looking into the faces of people that are hurting on the inside, broken on the inside, needing a healing from God. And the power of God is present to do the work. I'm looking into a generation of young folks. That are ready to come forth with a Joshua spirit on them and take the land. We're behind the veil. One scripture I'm going to read to you. You can be seated. You're going to stand whatever you like. I won't be long. Probably 15 minutes and I'm done. Let God do the work. Hebrews 13, chapter 13, verse 8. It simply says, Jesus Christ the same. Ephesians 3 and 20, now unto him, the same one that's the same yesterday, today, and forever, unto him, Ephesians 3 and 20, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly all that you ask or think. I just came to minister a little bit on God is still moving. You're moving, God. You're moving mountains. You're moving anything out of my way that's in my way. You are forceful and moving, God. God is still moving. God is not dead. He is alive and he is well. And he is still moving and working miracles in the earth. Satan wants us to believe that God is not interested in us. And that God will not get involved. But pastor, you have said some words to God in prayer. And you have asked God some things in prayer. And God has heard your voice. And what you have uttered unto him has come up before him. Your prayers have come up before the Lord like Cornelius, like a memorial. And God is sending angels down to minister to you and into this congregation So when he quickened you and said that I was to come, he gave the word. What you have asked, God is answering. He is going to give unto you exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or even think. You have had in your heart that you want to take this place and this region for God, and God is going to get involved with you, and he's going to work with you, and he's going to lead you and guide you, and you're going to take this region for God. Everywhere your feet go, it shall be blessed. He will not allow any man to resist you or stop you because you're on the move for God. You have seen adversity and affliction. And I heard the Spirit say, but I, the Lord God, will raise thee up to sit in heavenly places with me. And you will travel about the earth according to my bidding. And I will back you. And I will be beside you, and I will stand at your right hand and be your strength. By me, you shall do great things. He said, Get ready for the increase. He said, don't worry about wrapping your mind around it because you can't even ask for it or even think about what I'm getting ready to do for you. And the best is yet to come. Your best days are not behind you, but your best days are ahead of you. You're going to have moments in your life where you're going to start thinking about something and it's going to be in your mind. You're going to just be throwing it around in your mind. And while you're throwing it around in your mind, it's going to appear in your life because your God is for you. He said, think it not strange how I am moving among you and in your midst. For I will send people to you and to this congregation that you have not even ask to come, but my spirit will draw them to you. He said you've opened yourself unto him, and he will continue to pour into you and feed you till you want no more. You are in a position to receive everything that the Holy Spirit has for you. You're open. You can do it for him. When we look at this word move, I, I'm speaking you tonight on God is still moving. God is still moving. Every time God speaks, God moves. He will send his word before you see his action. He'll tell you. When we look at that word move, that word move means to go. It means to change. It means to transition from one place to another, to go in a different direction. And God is moving in this church today. The book of Matthew chapter 11, verse number 12 says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, The kingdom of heaven suffers. What have you been suffering? Oh, I'm in the right place tonight. I feel that my feet are on the right soil. From the days of John the Baptist until right now, the kingdom of heaven, if you are in the kingdom of heaven, you are going to suffer. But don't just, with the word suffer, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. That means it's going to be an attack against you, and it's going to be violent. It's going to be cruel. It's going to be brutal. Everything that you've been facing have been violent and cruel against you because you're in the kingdom of heaven. The devil told you you were doing something wrong. That's why this happening to you. Something bad in your life. That's why this, uh-uh, because you're in the kingdom of heaven. that's your evidence the kingdom of heaven suffers violent then it says but the violent you can't allow that thing just to be wild and crazy on you you have to get up and get wild and crazy on it don't mess with me devil I told you don't play me I'm not the one check me out behold I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means stop you because I am violent and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they are mighty through God to the pull it, it's time to pull that thing down it's been up high too long pull it down you have the power The weapons of our warfare, didn't I say the weapons of the beauty shop? I'm not rocking the best hairstyle tonight, I know it. I'll do better when I get back to Louisiana. (laughs) The weapons of our warfare, this is a war. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down that means that thing have crawled its way up somewhere where it does not need to be and God said I'm gonna need you to get violent to pull that thing down I'm gonna need you to utilize what I have given you behold I give you power over all the power of the enemy if you did not have a resistance then you would not need the power called weapons and armory in God. I'm just going to stop and cheat a little bit, then I'll go on and then I'm going to get out of your way. I'm, I like y'all anyway. I really, I really like what I'm feeling in here. When we are dealing with weapons and armory, when he tells us in Ephesians chapter number six to put on the whole armor of God, armor is what you wear. But when he tells you to that you have weapons to pull down the enemy. Weapons are what you use, armor I put on. But when I get a weapon in my hand, a lethal weapon like what Corinthians told me I have, I have to let the devil know I'm not just wearing these things on me. I'm not just gonna wear the sword of the spirit. Some of us walking around packing the sword. I got a sword. I got a sword, this sword is nice, this sword is shiny. It's time for us to quit packing the sword around like it's only armor. It is a weapon in the spirit. I've got to take my weapon out. Weapons are not supposed to just be seen Two-edged sword and it appears. Ooh, ooh. Don't play me. I got something to hurt you with. I may be a little piece of leather, but I'm well put together. Mm-hmm. Goliath wasn't ready for David. Satan is not ready for you. He's going to come up in your camp, and you're going to come out like a force against him. For the weapons of your warfare are not counter. In the book of Daniel, I love Daniel, the prophet Daniel. Daniel said in Daniel chapter 11, verse number 32, and the people who do know their God, do you know your God? When you see me put my hand on my hip, that's that mama stance. <laughs> you have all this armor on. You have all the weapons that you need. Don't let me see you running from Satan anymore. Get up and use the weapons that God have given you. Don't run from him another day. You draw that line, if he come across that line, you come up with your power and let him have it. Unload on him. Unload on him. For the people who do know their God shall be violent. They shall wax strong and do great exploits. We are the people. This pastor knows his God. His God told him, let Jennifer Williams get there. Call for her. I'm going to give her a word. And we get violent and we take it by force and we get involved in the warfare. As long as you sit back and let him keep eating your lunch, do you think the devil is going to get tired of eating your lunch every time he's going to be a bully and take it from you? Do you think the devil is going to get tired of ever kicking you while you're down? He's just going to keep kicking you and putting another hole in you. And like they say in Louisiana, they stomp a mold, a mud hole in you, and he'll walk it dry. (laughs) Louisiana, hello. But nobody's going to play with the devil. We've got to deliver a blow to him. Let me give you a Bible. I like to ground things in the word. When Satan came up in Paul's camp, when Paul got through with him, we find what Paul did to him when we read the book of Acts with seven sons and one skee- skeever He said, Jesus, I know. Jesus had already delivered a blow to him. Jesus cut him all up. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, that Satan left him for a season. Every time Satan came, Jesus delivered him to a blow. Because the Son of Man was revealed to destroy, not to treat the works of the devil, but he came to destroy him. As a therapist, I treat clients. But Satan was not something that you can treat. If you keep treating him, he's going to rise up and rise up and turn around and overtake you. Stop treating him and rise up and destroy him. happened, seven sons and one skever, he said, Jesus I know and Paul I know Paul had had delivered such a blow to Satan, he knew him he, he look that's Paul, don't mess with him now if you're going to take Paul down, you're going to have to have some understanding he was talking to his cohorts Paul I know Paul had delivered a blow to him and so can we James 5 and 16 says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. I told you everything comes out of the prayer room. Your power is going to come out of the prayer room. More prayer, more power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. I told you, prayer brings power. Even Jesus himself didn't bypass prayer. How do I think I'm going to bypass it? The more you pray, the more powerful you'll get. And when God's word gets into your mouth and it starts coming out of your mouth, the words coming out of your mouth becomes a sword in the spirit. And when you start speaking the word of God, it shall not return unto you void. God is still moving. Let me take you to Exodus 14, when he moved on the Red Sea. He was with Moses, and Moses had mountains on both sides, Pharaoh at his back, and a Red Sea in front of him. Does it sound like you tonight? Some of you in here have mountains on both sides, your enemy at your back, and a Red Sea in front of you. But Moses had a God, and his God said, lift up your rod, Exodus 14 and 16. Lift up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall grow forth on dry ground. This is what our God did for Moses. Look at Gideon when he was down there in the book of Judges hiding bread from the Midianites. He said, I'm the least of the least, and the Bible says you're a mighty man of valor. Look at little Esther, who thought she was just an orphan, and God raised her up to be a queen. God was moving, and he's still moving now. I wonder what you need tonight, and you have thought that your God was dead, and he was not alive and well, and he had stopped moving. I wonder what you need came to tell you He's still moving on your behalf. Somebody in this house is getting ready to get joy in the midst of battles. Somebody in this house, because God is still moving, your eyes are going to be open. There is an awakening coming to someone in this house tonight because God is still moving. God is still moving, and our God is a healer. And because the healer is present, healing is available. Because the healer is present, healing is available. any picture up that you want. I told you I'm going to bring you home tonight. Any picture that you have. This woman here, they called me to pray for her. She was in Riverside Hospital in Alexandria, Louisiana. When I walked into her room, she was curled up in the bed looking like she was ready to die. I walked in her room and I said, I did not come to pray a death prayer over you. But our God is alive and well. Our God is still in the healing business, and God is ready to heal you. Do you want a healing in your body? She said, yes, ma'am, I want a healing in my body. I said, throw up your hands. I began to pray for this woman. She could barely pray because she was weak. I said, God is going to heal you. I left out of that room, and I kept walking. The next time I saw this woman, this woman was healed and in Walmart in that chair. Don't tell me God is not still moving. I see him moving, and he's moving mountains. Next slide. I was at a red light coming from POA one night. I do want to give honor to my pastor, Reverend Anthony Mangan beautiful wife, Mickey Mangan. It is because of Reverend Anthony Mangan and Mickey Mangan I stand before you tonight. For you see, I am a raggedy bus route kid that they picked up on the streets where you getting ready to go knock. They found me knocking doors. I was the eight-year-old bus route kid, and they started picking me up on the bus. I received the Holy Ghost at age 8, baptized in Jesus' name at 14. But by the time I turned 15 years old, I became so rebellious, you wouldn't have wanted to stay in the room with me. I was cursing folks out. I was drinking alcohol on the corner with my friends, and I was going from one party scene to the next party scene. Going from one bad relationship to the next bad relationship. But the long arms of God and the mercy of God kept on running after me. He kept looking for me and telling me it's time to come back home. I was in a relationship with a guy and he said, I'm going to kill you. But I remember praying, I remember that you can call on the name of Jesus wherever you are. I don't care how bad you live living, God, you can still call on the name of Jesus. And that night while he had his hands around my throat choking me to death, I began to cry, Jesus! Because Jesus is a one-word prayer. And when I began to call on the name of Jesus, he dropped me to the ground and I'm living today. And I said, I got to find my way back to God. And some folk might be in this house tonight and you've been away from God and you feel so filthy and dirty like I felt. But there's nothing too dirty that he can't make worthy. He can always clean up what we mess up. I never thought I'd be preaching the gospel. But he had put the gospel on the inside of me when I was eight years old. And he was coming for the goods. And he kept me alive because he had put something in me. And I remember being 22 years old, getting up that morning, coming from a nightclub. I can name almost every alcoholic beverage on the shelf. That's why when I look into the faces of people that are struggling, I'm looking into hope. Our God can meet your need. Our God can heal you. Our God can save you. Our God can deliver you. Our God can keep you alive. And God began to put my life back together and I began to come to church and pray and read the Bible and have prayer. God began to change my life. I did not bring these two books in. I left them in the car, but it's okay. I, my mouth is big enough to tell you about it. I'm getting to this picture. I went to bed one night reading the book, Popsy Gibson. It was written by Sister Vesta Mangan's sister. And Popsy Gibson is Sister Vesta Mangan's dad. And he had revivals all over the Texas area. And one of the things that was unique about his ministry, there was healings that were taking place. There was a woman in the book, and she had a large tumor on her head. He prayed for her, and instantly the tumor disappeared. Right. There was another man that had lost his sight in his eyes. Pop said, prayed for him, and his eyes opened up. I said, wow. There was a little girl that had drank kerosene and died one night, and I've told this story. Popsy Gibson went to the house where that dead girl was, looked at that dead body, and he said, Devil, this room isn't big enough for you and me, and I'm not leaving. He laid his hands on that dead girl. That dead girl woke up and regurgitated that kerosene and lived to be an old woman. I want this type of miracles in my life my world my world needs this God I need this in my life he said go to the grave of Popsie Gibson I went to the grave of Popsie Gibson I began to march across that grave I said whatever was in his eyes put it in my eyes whatever was in his ears put it in my ears whatever was in his hands put it in my hands and Jesus said go home and start a revival go home and start a prayer meeting in your house tonight that day was Memorial Day 2017. They started coming into my house from every generation, every nation, and every denomination. We started seeing miracles, signs, and wonders on a daily basis. And God started leading people into the home. They were very influential in the city. I baptized a seated judge in the city. I baptized the mayor of a close city that was around. There were nurse practitioners and doctors and different ones that would begin to come into the home. And the miracles began. I left church one night, and I was weeping in my car because God answered a prayer. This lady was in her car, saw me crying. And she said, ma'am, ma'am, are you Okay. I said, yeah, God just answered a prayer for me. I nodded to her. And my spirit, just something quickened in my spirit. I said, God, you didn't have that lady just to stop me. I said, ma'am, meet me at the mobile station. That girl met me at the mobile station. I began to tell her about Jesus Christ. Within 15 minutes, I prayed that girl through to the Holy Ghost and baptized her in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of her sins. the revival god was beginning to 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 happen to take place i went to they invited me to go to a denominal church and preach i go wherever i don't care what the denomination is as long as they don't tell me what to preach i'll preach there i went to preaching at this church and nobody received the holy spirit and nobody was baptized i said jesus usually everywhere i go at least one i said well i'm a preacher i'll go get some fried chicken I went over to Dara Fried Chicken to get me some chicken, Pastor. And I was in line, and I had gotten my chicken, my two wings, my breast, my fries, my roll, and my large Sprite. Getting ready to go in my car and eat. There was a man behind me. He said, hey, ma'am. I said, yeah. He said, aren't you that preacher? I said, yeah. He said, you just preached at a funeral I was at, and you had those bell sleeves on. He knew everything I had on. I said, wow. So I got to talking to he and his wife, and I started witnessing to them about the Holy Ghost. I said, do y'all want the Holy Ghost? They said, yeah. I said, go get in your car. They jumped in the front seat, I jumped in the back seat, I laid hands on the woman, she started talking in tongues. I laid hands on the man, he started talking in tongues. People are hungry for revival, and they are ready for a radical change. And I've come to deliver this revival to you because T.F. Teddy said, wherever you go, this revival is going to take place. Ain't nobody got time for this to play. We're in a hurting world. They invited me to another large, phenomenal church. And these are not small churches. And I was seated on the platform with the pastor. He was to my right. I was to his left. He leans over to me and said, do what you do. You got to realize God saved me from some junk. I had some hands around my neck, and I should have been dead. So I have to give God some thanks for what he did for me. So he leans over to me, and he says, do what you do. I leaned back over to him and said, do you know what I do? (laughs) He leaned back over to me, Pastor Cooper. And said, like I said, do what you do, because if you don't do what you do, then the people will not be blessed. When I stepped into that platform, and that day they wanted everybody to wear white. I had this long, flowing white dress on. The Holy Ghost hit me in that pulpit. I began to explain that to that congregation who God was from Genesis all the way through Revelation. And I began to tell them the same God that won't them up that morning he was there to bless them the same God that had been with them in trouble he was there to heal them and direct them I looked to the back of me there were people crying in the choir. I started laying hands on people in the choir. Five people received the Holy Ghost in the choir. I stepped down to the right side of that church. That was his ministers lined up on that pew. I started laying my hands on the ministers over there. And many of them received the Holy Spirit. I stepped over here to the left of the church. House. Everybody was praying and began to fall. And there was a woman that fell out on the floor and she started talking in tongues and that woman was the pastor's wife. When I left that place that day, 14 people received the Holy Ghost. Because God is still moving. God is not dead. He's alive and he's still moving. Never knew God could do something with a raggedy, buster route kid like this. I'm a nobody. You see, you're looking for the next great revival to come from these big names that you know. But the next great revival in the earth is going to come from people that you don't even know their names. And those people are you. Tell me in this congregation, who knew Jennifer Williams five years ago? Now you have Jennifer Williams on the platform, and five years ago, you didn't even know my name. The next great revival is coming from folk like you. They don't know your name yet, but they're getting ready to know your name because there's a power and authority on the inside of you, and God doesn't want you to take your little light and hide your little light under a bushel, but God said the land is darker, and the night has come, and the church is the only light that they're going to see. Cut <laughs> off. Woo. My God told you, I didn't come to play with the devil. I didn't come to treat him tonight. No treatment here for him. De- destroying him. I'm telling you, revival is already here. I mean, you'll see in just a few minutes. You're going to tell in just a few minutes what's in here. All right, all right. Amen, Cade. Amen. That's my Cade over there. He helped me preach. Yeah, I'm taking him on the road with me. <laughs> I love you, Cade. God is moving, and he's moving mountains, and he's reaching a desperate generation because desperate people that are in desperate time need the people who do know their God. to so get up and be strong and do great exploits. It's time for us to push the enemy back. Never knew that God could do this. I was ministering, I won't be long, got some things to tell you that I'm going to sit down, I'm going to go to my seat. I was ministering in Kentwood, Louisiana, and the way I even got to Kentwood is kind of strange. Every day that I'm in Alexandria, I hold my pastor's hand up in prayer. And I come inside the sanctuary, and I walk the platform praying for my pastor, his wife, and the church. You want God to really bless you? You start holding the hands of that pastor up. As long as we can keep his hands up, we're going to win the battle. Remember what they did for Moses? As long as Moses' hands was up, they won the battle. Don't let his hands ever get to where it's going down, and you don't rush to him and hold that hand up. Sometimes he's going to get tired. Sometimes he's going to get weary. Just come underneath him and hold his hands up and allow him to lead you. I was praying in that sanctuary, holding up my pastor's hand. And the Holy Ghost said, I need you to go and preach for Pastor Matt Booty this Sunday. Now, mind you, it's Tuesday. Now, Pastor, I don't go in folk church that don't call me. You call me, if I'm open, I'll come. But just to walk in folk church, don't do that. I said, God, he said, I need you to go there Sunday. I said, it's Tuesday, God, he hasn't called me. I was like Esther, I didn't, the king hasn't called for me. <laughs> he said, call him. I said, it's 730 in the morning, Lord, that means asleep nobody up but me and you. I said, I'll call. I'll call. I'll show you, God. I'll show you. The phone rang five times, no answer. But on the sixth time, Pastor Matt answered the phone. He said, good morning, Sister Jennifer. I said, ooh. I said, good morning, Pastor Matt. I want to talk real fast and I'm going to tell you right now, God told me to come preach for you Sunday. And I know it's Tuesday. I'm so sorry. He said, what? I said, God told me to come preach for you Tuesday. I mean Sunday. He said, Sister Jennifer, you're prophetic. You're used in the gifts. Come on. I said, But what am I going to preach? He said, God told you to come here tell you what to preach. I got there on Sunday. Eight or nine folk got the Holy Ghost. Seven or eight of them were baptized in Jesus' name, and there was a woman standing before me speaking in tongues, and the Holy Ghost got on to me. And they sort of pointed her out. I said, they told me you have cancer. She said, yes, I do. I'm scheduled for surgery in two days to start chemo and radiation and for the doctor to take this cancer out of my body. I said, ma'am, you get baptized in Jesus' name, God's going to kill that cancer that's in your body. She said, what? I said, if you get baptized in the name of Jesus, the only name under under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, God's going to heal your body. And I said, you've just received the Holy Ghost and you are baptized for the remission of sin, not for church membership. She said, I'll get baptized. That woman got baptized in the name of Jesus on Tuesday. On Sunday, she went to that doctor on Tuesday. The doctor cut her open to take the cancer out of her body, to start the chemo and radiation. When he cut her open, he couldn't find cancer anywhere in her body. He sold her! and send her home. Why? Because God he is still moving. Time. Folk need to know that we know just preached the Ohio District Ladies Conference. About 25 ladies received the Holy Spirit at that conference. There was a lady that was cleaning up in the place, and I'm on my way, and you know, ladies, what we do when we get ready to go, we're going to shop. We need your credit cards, guys, and we're going to shop. Thank you for your credit cards. We love you. We start shopping, and I'm shopping just like the other women. I had priests. I did everything I was supposed to do. The conference was over. It was my time to breathe, to eat, and to shop. I'm shopping. I had already spotted a dress I wanted anyway going in, but I couldn't shop while I was preaching. I'll finish God's work, and I'll be back for that. So I went back I'm trying to get that dress, Pastor Cooper. I'm shopping. And the little girl that cleans up, she said, I've been hearing everything about you. She said, wow, these women are really changed here. I came here just to clean up the building and everything. I said, you did? That's good, baby. I said, you had a good time while you were doing this? She said, yeah. I said, you heard about the Holy Ghost? She said, yeah. I said, a lot of people got at this conference. I said, and this is the girl that's there to clean up the building. I said, do you, I'm in the market where all the dresses are. I said, do you want the Holy Ghost? She said, yeah. I said, throw your hands up. She threw her hands up, it wasn't even five minutes. That girl was talking in tongues. People are hungry. We are in a position right now where we can present to the world our God, and they're ready. Throw up another picture. I got to get you out of here. See that lady with that polka dot shirt on? She's from another denomination. She received the Holy Spirit. She goes into this church where the Holy Spirit is not taught and others want it, and she prays people through to the Holy Ghost. But there's nowhere for them to baptize them. So she calls me on the phone. I call her my secret disciple, and I take people to the POA, and I I have baptized scores of them in the name of Jesus. She prays them through to the Holy Ghost. I baptize them in the name of Jesus because we're in revival. Next slide. You see this, baby? Early one morning, about 730, we were in my home for prayer. A woman stopped by, and she said, I'm lost. I'm looking for Dr. Anita Gold's office. I said, Dr. Anita Gold is about a block from me. What you need? She said, my baby have a very rare heart condition, and I'm taking my baby to Dr. Anita Gold to treat my baby. I said, you go get that baby out of the car, and God's going to heal that baby. I wrapped that baby in this Jewish shawl. I said, I laid this baby in in your nail-scarred hand, Jesus. I placed this baby at your nail-scarred feet. I laid this baby on the stripes on your back, and by your stripes, this baby is healed. I said, now, ma'am, take that baby to the doctor and get this word confirmed and let me know. She took that baby to Dr. Anita Gold. Dr. Anita Gold examined that baby upside down, inside out and looked at the mother and said, I can't find one thing wrong with this baby. Take your baby home. Next slide. I received a call from this girl here in the tan sweater. She had been in my home to a prayer meeting. And she said, Jennifer, my uncle, the one that has the blue jean shorts on, he's been diagnosed with cancer, and I want to bring him to you so that you can baptize him in the name of Jesus. I said, I'll baptize him in the name of Jesus, bring him on. She texted me a couple of hours later. She said, his wife is going to be baptized and maybe two cousins. When I got to the church, it was 21 people. I felt like Peter at Cornelius'. house. told you, don't play with me, devil, the people that do know their God. Do you honestly think I've come to lift up Jennifer? I didn't come to lift me up. I came to tell you this is about to happen to you. I came to deliver this type of revival to you. The devil will have you thinking, oh, that's just Jennifer Williams. But Jennifer Williams have come to tell you that's you. That's you. That's you. That's you. That's whosoever will that wants it. I got to praying for those people, telling those people about all those miracles I saw and everything else in my life, how good God is. Before the night was over, I baptized nine of them people that's on that picture in the name of Jesus Christ, and the man that had cancer received the Holy Ghost in the water. Next slide. I preached in Kidwood. This man right here received the Holy Spirit. He talked to me after the altar. At the altar, he said, "Ma'am, I need to tell you something." He said, "I fell a number of years ago while I was." working so many feet, and I've lived with pain in my back for years, 12, 13 years. He said, but tonight when I receive the Holy Spirit for the first time, there is no pain in my body. (laughs) Our God is still moving, and he's a miracle-working God. Our miracle-working God is alive and well. Next slide. See that man right there? He is a minister of a pretty large denominational church probably about 20 minutes, 30 minutes from my home he came to my office when I was working as a clinical director of counseling services in Alexandria before I became a full time evangelist and I had just baptized his wife in Jesus name and she's a preacher too so he came to talk to me about it well within 10 minutes He crying and weeping in my office. I had him in the baptistry in about 20 minutes. And before he could come out of the baptistry, he was talking in tongues. And he received the Holy Spirit. This is the revival I'm delivering to you. Next slide. In my family, we have every nationality. We have Asians. We have have Caucasians. We have Germans. We have Italians. My family is a very diverse family. And my sister-in-law died in 2020. That's her daughter right there with the head thing on, and that's her daughter-in-law and her grandson. When she died, I told God, I said, I want to baptize my family in Jesus' name. When I went there, I took four robes from my church, and I began to tell them about Jesus, and they had came from Germany. And I want to tell you today, I baptized all four of them, the one that's taking a picture. This is the revival. Next slide. This is the one I want to get to. I have one other picture, and then I'm going to get you out of here. This is my sister Brenda. She had two large tumors in her body about the size of a baby's head. The doctor took the tumors out. They were not cancerous. But within a week, she developed this Bell's palsy. And she was very sad, and she's a beautiful girl, and we were sad about that as well. She had purchased a rather large, uh, a rather expensive shofar, and all it is is really a trumpet, and so, and it was beautiful. She had it handcrafted, handmade for her, paid quite a bit of money for it. One day, she said God told her to send it to me. I don't blow a shofar. Why? I have to get it. I said, Brenda, you paid so much for it. She said, God said, send it to you. And she did. When she sent the shofar to me, I just started blowing it, trying to learn about it. And then about three weeks after I had it, the Lord said, get up and blow the shofar. He said, when you blow the shofar, it's going to mark the end of this bell's pausing and the beginning of her healing. If you know anything about the Jewish people, Jonathan Kahn is a Jewish scholar. He said, when the shofar is sounded, it marks the beginning and the end at the same time. So I began to blow it as the Lord told me, and I called her and said, God said he's going to heal you. This is going to be the end of your sickness and the beginning of your healing. She started speaking in tongues on the phone. Throw the next picture. This is her. Now tell me that God is not still moving, and God's moving in this place. What I'm about to show you to close us out tonight, and I've kept you quite longer than I anticipated, to show you tonight with the video, you can start the video. I'll talk while you talk, while you show this video if you have it. Uh, this is my home. Jesus. Jesus. the living room From this dinette area, you'll go into the kitchen. They're packed in that area of my kitchen. When they leave out in the kitchen area, I have a washroom. anything like that. Stand to your feet. This is the revival that I've come to deliver to you. Not a man-made revival, but a revival from God. If you want this type of revival in your life, I don't care if you're a teenager or you're 99, make your way to this altar. You just go after it by talking to God and telling God, I don't know what you're going to do in my life. That lady has come all the way from Louisiana, and she showed me that you are still in the miracle working business. That you are still in the business of using. This area is about to receive. If you've never received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with tongues, you can receive that tonight as well. Come on, cry out to God. This is the revival that this church has been praying for. Oh, come on, young people, you have a part in this revival. Come on, God's going to speak a word to you. I didn't know what to do, but the Lord said start the prayer meeting. There are many times that we don't know what to do, but the Holy Ghost is going to speak to us. Let him speak to you. Let him speak to you. This prayer and this fasting that you're about to go into, that's of God. Come on, cry out from your innermost being. Cry out. Come on, cry out with your voices. roar come up. church let's push there are people in this altar and they are hungry for the holy ghost there are people in this altar right now they are hungry for the holy ghost this revival is not going to kick out tomorrow but this revival is kicking out tonight and the lord just sent me here Come on, church. I'm about to step down and start working this. I do apologize for these lights. This lady right here said she had begun to try to start speaking in tongues, but it has not come through. I believe the Lord's going to let it come all the way through on her tonight, and she's going to receive it. Come on. God has words he wants to put in your mouths. God has places that he wants to take you. Say within yourself, I'm not going back home the same way. This part of the revival is mine. Come on, push. Don't stop. You're not out of order. You're not messing me up tonight. Come on with your voice. Don't stop crying unto God until something touches you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hallelujah! Uh uh-huh. huh. The Holy Ghost coming on her right here. Come on! In the name of Jesus Christ, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You are forgiven of everything that you have ever done. You have asked God to forgive you, and now you are forgiven. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Keep going. She's hungry for God. Hallelujah. on church, let's pray. We have people around this altar that's saying they want to receive the Holy Spirit and God's going to fill them. Do we have I want to get you really here in this area. We got some more? Anybody else in here that want to receive the Holy Spirit that's never received before? We got one, two, got several. Anybody else? Come on right here. We're going to see a demonstration tonight. I've seen this multiple times. God, anybody else in this house that's never received the Holy Spirit, we want to get you right in this area. What happened? She said, I got the Holy Ghost. And these others that are around you, this man here said he wants to receive. And Pastor, anything that you need me to stop with, I shall stop because I'm submitted to authority. Thank you. I'm gonna work this altar because God is ready for these people to receive. How many of y'all believe he died for these people to receive? I'm gonna go ahead and speak to you tonight. This is just the beginning. You are gonna be bringing people in and influencing people and they're gonna come here and receive the Holy Spirit. And this place is gonna be packed. You'll be setting out chairs and everything. glad you're here. here. Amen. Receiving the Holy Ghost is one of the most easiest things to do. Why? Because God died so that you can have it. You don't have to come to the altar and beg for the Holy Ghost. You simply just ask the Lord for it. And so what we do to get receive the Holy Spirit, the first thing that we do, the Bible says is to repent. And we reason why we repent because we all have sin and fallen short. Even the preacher, I have to repent as well. And so repentance means just asking God to forgive you and really meaning it. And so what we're going to do together as a church, as all of you, we're going to repent together. And repent out, you know, and just tell God that you're sorry for everything that you ever done. Y'all ready? Okay, walk with me. Lord, here I am. Forgive me for everything that I've ever done, Lord. Lord, you know me. You know my life. You already know about me. You know what I did. You know when I did it and how I did it. So, God, I come before you, and I just ask you to forgive me for everything that I've done, oh, God. I really mean that I'm sorry, God. Here I am, God. I'm sorry for everything that I've ever done, oh, Lord. Here I am. Forgive me, God. I'm really sorry. I'm really, truly sorry, God. And I want the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the Holy Ghost, God. Fill me. Fill me. Did you repent out loud to God? Good. I did too. I feel better about that. Now the next thing we do, we begin to say hallelujah. Why do we say hallelujah? We begin to say hallelujah because hallelujah is the highest praise. And as we begin to say hallelujah and lose our step worshiping God saying hallelujah, then all of a sudden your mouth is gonna start moving. Now it's gonna be uncontrollable. Your mouth will start moving. Then you'll start saying words, and it's gonna sound like baby talk. Don't worry about it. Say that anyway, because that's going to be a language of heaven that you don't know, we don't know, but God knows. And when that mouth starts moving, don't try to stop it. And let God fill you with the Spirit, and that will be your evidence that it has come upon you. You ready to receive? Amen. Lift your hands. Begin to say hallelujah with everything you got, and begin to tell the Lord, I want the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! 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 That's it! That's it! That's it! That's it! Hallelujah! 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 Papa! The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.